My name's Stuart Wright, and today I've got with me Horror Channel Stuart Bridal. Hello, Stuart. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right, as long as the good, technical good. gremlins let us do this <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, do you want to, what's, your, what's your role at Horror Channel? Uh, I am a channel manager for Horror Channel. Uh, um, so, yeah, so basically, do you want to know what that means? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that, does that mean programming literally what goes on and what goes yeah, on? Yeah, the core, the core part of the job is, is obviously managing the channel. Um, so, but obviously the main part is obviously the programming because that's mm. all important. Yeah. Uh, so I, that involves um, screening and selecting uh, the movies and the series and other things that we show um, and then sort of designing the schedule and the strategy of the channel and all the things that we do, the seasons, the stunts, uh, programming strands, um, and then basically, you know, working uh, with all the other departments that make up a TV company, such as um, marketing and uh, sort of our on-air creative promo guys, and just making sure that everything we make for the whole channel, you know, speaks with the right voice and looks great and is fun and is creative and all those kind of things. Nice one. Now, that, that puts you in a very good position in terms yes. of, uh, of being on this show, because uh, for, for the listener, we're doing, we're doing five great British horror films with, uh, with Stuart. Yep. And uh, we, we're recording this on Sunday, the nineteenth of November, which is mm-hmm. sort of at the, at the tail end of a of a British horror film series you've been running on. Yeah, on, yeah, on, we've on been running in, in November. Yeah, in November we've been running uh, Bloody British Season, um, which is um, kind of focusing on the sort of early noughties part where sort of British horror went through this really great sort of renaissance and rebirth. I mm. feel um, where you know well, I, re- um, I remember when I mean the Guardian ran a big a big article. You know, sort of going, hey, yeah. new wave of British horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a time. It was a, it's such an inventive time. You had all these great filmmakers coming through, Neil Marshall, you know, Chris Smith. Um, oh, God, so many others. They the, the started to produce stuff that really made you sit up and, and, and take note of what we could do. I mean, I, 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 there have been films before that in sort of the, the 80s and 90s, obviously, but there was mm. nothing kind of like what we had in the 60s and the 70s, that kind of industry, I don't feel. And then all of a sudden in the sort of early noughties, it kind of took off and, 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 you know, we really started to produce these sort of, I don't know, they were great and they were commercial movies as well. They really kind of, they could have a wide scope for an audience. So, yeah, so that's what it's, this is celebrating. The Body British season is, 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 you know, a few of these movies, not all of them, obviously, but a few choice titles that, that kind of represented that sort of rebirth of, the, of, of, of our horror industry, I think. No, no, totally, totally. So, just for the li- for the listener that hasn't heard the series before, the the, the rules are simple. We get five mm-hmm. minutes, we get five films, five minutes to film. I'll have a clock running, so that when 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 the buzzer goes, of which hopefully only faintly we'll hear, is Edgar Broughton singing uh, "Out Demon Out." Is my, is, my, is my alarm that I use. Which is your alarm, I, I like which, it. Which is horrible in the morning, but it gets you out of bed, trust me. I bet it does. <laughs> but, uh, so that's, that's it. So um, your first film, yeah, and we're going to do these in date order, and it's great because, mm-hmm. like, you said, like you said, your series was about what happened in the noughties, and as, as, a yeah. di- as a difference from other people that have done this, you've gone, okay, 
here's here's five great British horror films since the year 2000. I think they're a really good selection. So let's start with your first one, which is 2002's 28 Days Later. Yes. What made you pick that yeah. one? One minute. Wow, well, it's it's initially because I'm I'm a great fan. Probably you know this says a lot about my personality. I'm a great fan of apocalypse <laughs> stories. Great fan of dystopias. Great fan of apocalypse stories. And 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 this one is very. It's a very British apocalypse. And I think why I chose this one is it's kind of like almost a modern retelling of of, of what I was a favourite of mine when I was a kid. And I remember watching the the BBC adaptation, uh, miniseries adaptation of Day of the Triffids. Yeah. And I remember watching that as a kid, and all the only kind of things I'd seen before that on on TV were, were like you know Doctor Who, and then I was sort of allowed to sit up and watch <laughs> this yeah. really kind of dark apocalyptic, very British apocalypse thing, and 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 that's kind of stayed with me as as something I've enjoyed, and and this is, I mean, this has very similar story beats to Twenty Eight Days Later, and I just love the kind of the rawness and, 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 you know, the filming style of it as well. I mean, this is like Alex Garland and, and, and Danny Ball kind of straight off the back of, of mm. the sort of studio adaptation of the, of the beach, which was one of my favorite books. And they, I feel they kind of messed that up, but this is a, this is a very nice apology. <laughs> no, without <laughs> a, a doubt, without a doubt. And it, and, and it wasn't until you put on the list that I was trying to think, you know, what makes it, what makes it so interesting is that, while we, when we watch our American counterpart zombie films, we always get the sense of the isolation and the vastness of the country. Yeah. Whereas a, a zombie apocalypse in Britain, you can more or less walk to every town. So the idea of finding, so it spreads finding, really quickly, yeah, yeah, well, spreading really quickly, but also the notion of our heroes being able to seek salvation is a very is a much quicker process, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you don't have the vast swathes of America or whatever to to to, to go through. So yeah, so it's you know you can you, you can travel from you know town to town and city. And uh, but most people in that kind of situation, I think, would head to the coast or whatever. But they go to Manchester uh, to seek out the sanctuary up there. But um, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's a very urban movie, and it was I mean, it was shot. It was one of the first sort of movies I think that was shot pretty much completely digitally. Oh really? Uh, first mainstream. Yeah, it's one of First, they shot it uh, on DV on sort of Canon XL ones at the time, right? Um, and it was one of the first movies to be shot completely like that. Obviously, that's a bit more commonplace these days, particularly in horror, yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, film production. But this was one of the first, for a mainstream movie to be shot that way, and they, they chose that for like a specific reason to give the sort of urban landscapes this kind of gritty aesthetic. It's kind of grainy digital video, and and it was practical as well. I mean, the the way that they were shooting the movie, um, you know, they had to get up sort of really early and, and clear the streets of London to get those great shots, you know, of abandoned abandoned central London by you know Parliament and all those kind of things. And so it wasn't practical to have set up all these great massive film cameras. So they they, they shot it, you know, fast and quick and dirty on 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 these DV cams, and it it gives that kind of kind of real immediate feel to it and that's that's one of the things i particularly love about it i mean i mean th- th- those bits you talk about are, are kind of cinema icons now aren't they of, of that image oh, yeah. of, of Tillian murphy sort of walking across the bridge across the river thames and yeah Lond- london having just died yeah because i mean you, london's such a full city it's it's full of life all the time and then you kind of see it completely stopped as you do there it is a shock it's a shock, and it's as, as you know, if it's a British movie you're watching that, that's a very British sort of icon place where they film, obviously iconic place. So yeah, I mean that's what it's that's what it's become. And also, and also, killing himself was a sort of, I guess, I guess he'd been in other stuff, but this was a star is born, wasn't it? In in, in twenty eight days yeah. later. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, they had like a fairly new cast in a lot of this, with the exception of kind of think of Brendan Gleeson and, and Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great car. Yeah, he's he's gone on to do obviously a lot of other stuff. Uh, he's in pretty much everything at the moment. <laughs> Killian Murphy is doing quite well. Mm. Um, yeah. So I mean, the casting was good. I mean, there's, there's obviously a slight weak link in 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 I feel in in, in the young girl, but um, she's still a very naturalistic performance. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's. It, the casting was fantastic. Naomi, Naomi Harris gives a tour de force as, you know, the survivor, this embittered survivor. Mm. Um, that stir, you know, bring, stir, uh, you know, stirs him on a bit to, to get. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, everything kind of came together for this. It's I interesting. Think. It's interesting how hopelessness meets fascism in, 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 yeah. in, in, in dystopia, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's basically, yeah, it's, um, yeah, well, it, I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff that kind of it plays on on a lot of themes from Romero's movies as well. Um, in there, there's a lot of like nods to to storylines and, and and stuff from there. Obviously, with the military, mm. um, you know, turning on and stuff like that, and and, and that, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of a very similar sort of thing. Um, right, so, yeah, can, right. Can, so we've, uh, we've are reached, we up already? We've reached our first five minutes. Oh. Didn't even get to the meat of that one. <laughs> no, well, that's five minutes, you see. So, so um, we'll we move on. We jump forward three years to yes. the, the descent, Neil Marshall's yeah. descent. Yeah. Now, now this descent, one, this this yeah. is the film that's going to be closing your bloody British season, isn't it? This is, yeah. It's 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 one I've wanted to get on the channel for a while uh, because I, I I love it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we managed to get in, and it, it came at the right time to be put into the to the British season. And it's yeah. it's obviously it's, you know I think this was on your last podcast with Giles, so yeah. we'll try and find some different things to say about it. But obviously, yeah, sure, it's the second sure. film, second film from um, Neil Marshall after Dog Soldiers, which we also yeah. showed uh, in the season. And it's just such a different movie from that one. I mean, you know, whereas Dog Soldiers is this kind of fun horror romp in a way, got some yeah. great bloody bits and and all that kind of stuff this this one really brings the terror and i think that's what made me sort of sit up and, and take take notice on this is it was one of the first movies in a long time um that i sat down as a horror fan and it terrified me mm. i mean really i mean I've, I've got like you know claustrophobic fears at the best of times yeah. and then sort of to imagine myself in the in the same kind of situations as as, as the main characters going through um was 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 horrific um you know i would never put you know again i, I got offered i was traveling around new zealand once and i got offered to go before the movie came out to to go down into these caves to see these wonderful glow worms and all this was meant to be beautiful and all that and they said well you have to go through these like you know tight gaps and crawl through the and i was just like forget that <laughs> i'm not doing that so yeah so and oh just, so you could you could literally relate to this movie <laughs> I can release you guys as movies as I'm not. Yeah, so you know this this taps into a lot of my fears. Um, and it's, in, it's, it, it's a brilliant way. It's a brilliant way that that Neil Marshall uses sort of the claustrophobia of the situation as just a B story. It's like going, I'm going to go for the universal truth first, which is a lot of you watching this movie are going to be going. There's no way I'd go down there. Yeah. Never mind whatever yeah. you find. There's just no way yeah. I'd go there to find it. Yeah, 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 and, it was, and, and and yeah, you would never. So the fear is there first, and then obviously when you got things down there. Uh, but obviously, you know, the, there's there's a lot that comes from the conflicts within the characters themselves. Mm. Um, that brings out a story when you find out that that um, you know one of the, one of the girls has been basically lying 
um, you know, she had an affair with her husband that, that you know, she, she took them into this really sort of undiscovered case system in order to bring them together and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, it's less like, forget what the monster is. It's just like my friends have turned on me as well while I'm down here. So who do I lie on? So it's really kind of, you know, I feel it's, it, there's some great tension, um, from the, from that kind of setup, really, he does it really well. It's a great great cast as well as Mayanna Burning and all those, you know, Alex Reed and and um, yeah, it's some great great actresses. And, and weird, movie. even though even though it's underground, there there, there mm-hmm. seems that, that in a sense that the the way the dread builds and and the claustrophobia that that helps support that dread is, and this might sound like a crass thing to compare. There are similarities between the descent and Alien, aren't there? You know, in the way that the final terror sort of becomes. What happens to the heroes, as it were? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's. I mean, Aliens is is another one of my, you know, favorite horror movies. If I was just doing a horror movie list, that would be, you yeah. know, on it like that. So it's very much, um, you know, they they find themselves in this kind of impossible situation, and 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 and. You know, I have to, I have to survive, and it's very much like that where they're running around in the dark. Same as, same as um, Ripley is at the end. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, I mean, there's a great, there's a great scene. Obviously, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of um, copied many times now, and that's, that's obviously the night vision mm. scene, and that's the one I think that, 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 that gave me my, you know, my, my real first jump. Where well, the camera pans and it's and 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 the creature is literally there <laughs> behind. And, and and like claustrophobia, the fear of the dark is is a horror staple, isn't it? In in, in terms of what it can do to the fear of the audience, and and and, and we 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 can we can immediately empathise with what's going on. It doesn't need much in, interpretation. Does oh yeah. It? No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, you don't need to be pushed in any way. That 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 movie is literally, as I say, it's it's all my fears. <laughs> in, in, in sort of one and a half hours, it's you know, in the dark, in an enclosed space. There's something out there you're not quite sure. You're not sure if you can now trust your friends. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's 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 layer upon layer of of pure terror. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me and it's it's yeah i'd say it's it's a real it's a real kind of like tour de force of of, of horror i feel this one well you've uh you've nicely you've nicely ended yeah uh, there on, it is on a full stop and there's there's like brought so uh that means we'll move we'll move on to uh our next film where we're jumping to james watkins 2008 yes eden lake now I don't know if did you did you see this? There is a natural segue between the descent and Eden Lake. Is there? I know. Yeah. I, 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 I've not picked up on this, so you can. James you can, Watkins uh, wrote the descent too. Ah, okay. Which, which you know, when I'm when I'm looking when when I get lists of people and I'm looking for what who does what and when, you know who's done what, and it's like it's lovely yeah. when that happens because it was a you know flowing flowing from. Um, flowing from the descent into Eden yes. Lake and having having a link. So so what is it about? Eden Lake for you that makes it a great British horror film. I think British. It's one of those movies that I remember watching, and and as soon as it finished, it stayed with me for days. Okay. Literally days. I I, I don't know what it was about. Whether it was just my own sort of concerns and fears on on society in general, and obviously that's what the movie sort of taps into. This. I mean, obviously it's part of the whole 
broken Britain hoodie horror. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly what you call hoodie horror, um, sort of urban terror, whatever. Um, kind of fears of the time and you know some of those are still relevant and it's it's i, I guess it kind of if you if you live in an urban situation the, such as london you're always going to kind of run into this kind of situation where you've got you know a group of youths and, and stuff like that or you're in a cinema and and someone's you know a group of kids are being noisy and it's like oh do i say something <laughs> does that, and if you say something does that escalate into something else which obviously you know, it kind of happens in the movie. Mm. Um, it's so yeah. I guess it's kind of like. Would you, out of interest, if you were Michael Fassbender, because I mean, <laughs> and and you were with your your fiance, would you go and approach those kids? Because because I know the, the film would have ended with me because I'd have got I'd have said, "Come on, love, we're uh, we'll, we'll go we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to the B and B." Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, I think we'll just find somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know if I'm that brave. I don't think, you know, yeah, I'm, 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 I, in those kind of situations, I would try to avoid the conflict. So yeah, pretty much it would be a very short, short movie with me, with me as well. But it, um, but it, but it does say something, doesn't it, about the sort of the masculine, what it is to be masculine, and and how, yeah, even though he's a liberal, you know, middle class guy from a metropolitan area reduced to you know conference face-to-face confrontation and thinking he is the authority figure he mistakes he mistakes that for being rules of society doesn't he yes yeah yeah and he's very very wrong (laughs) he's very very wrong and that's what you know i mean he i mean he's not the brightest character obviously i mean he does a stupid thing at the beginning where he goes into the house um where he sees the bikes that he thinks belongs to the kids and he goes into the house and he ends up you know always getting um caught by the the, the sort of father or whoever it is that lives there. i mean it's like you wouldn't do that that's stupid <laughs> why would you go into the house but anyway um there's a lot of things like that in horror but, but, so I, yeah again you've picked another film where i guess I, I mean at the time michael fassbender was rubbing along but he wasn't an international star that yeah. he is now and, and obviously he's, he's Jack, gone on to do a few things and this was this was jack o'connell wasn't it coming coming to the there's fore. a lot of yeah there's a lot of like um there's jack o'connell who obviously he's he's come up there you have um thomas uh thomas fergood who's off the back of um this is england so had that kind of kind of connection as well and obviously uh yeah um kelly riley kelly Kelly riley she's done a few things but yeah she wasn't kind of a well no 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 name uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, Fassbender was was quite unknown, I guess, almost uh, at this point, and then obviously his his career skyrocketed off the back of this. But it's interesting. But so, again, interesting it's, it's with relatable Jack- characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jack O'Connell one's interesting because there's no way on earth I thought at the time I was watching a a, a bankable star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think that he 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 was just like a you know um, kind of. A bit part fog actor, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, I never, he, yeah, I never thought I'd seen him as a. I mean, it's testing me to his performance, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he puts it in. And there's, and, and there's, there's obviously, you know, that that great emotionless shot at the end, um, where you know he she, obviously she's she's found herself in 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 his parents' house or whatever, mm. um, and and um, she's been confronted and found and in the bathroom. They think she's obviously killed. All of the kids, which to be fair, she did a couple of them. <laughs> True, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. There's a grain of truth to their accusation. Yeah, there's a grain of truth. I mean, no one's no one's completely um, innocent of any blame in in any of this in, in the movie, really. Um, and then obviously he's like emotionless, and he just like puts on the sunglasses and sort of stares into the into the into the mirror as, as she's being sort of uh, dealt with. Um, 
in 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 the bathroom. <laughs> and I think, I think I think that taps into probably. I mean, there, there's some there's some good extreme violence in terms of what horror films can do that's unsettling. Mm-hmm. But I think psychologically and in terms of what it might or might not be saying about society, I think the kicker in this film is is the way it ends because it ends on a much bleaker note than the film yeah. than the film even dares to do during the action. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 heartbreaking um, as as an ending that she she you know of all the shit luck <laughs> she ends up yeah yeah, yeah. Know, she ends up in the one place she didn't really want to be and 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 obviously doesn't escape and 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 uh, after everything that's happened to her. So I mean, yeah, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of nihilistic endings in all the movies I've gone through so far, except maybe 28 Days Later, it's a happy ending. <laughs> there's that you brought, just to remind us that five minutes is up. Hold on a second. Right, and so uh, now we're going for a film that I remember um, when it opened in uh, Fright Fest, I think. Yep, 20, yeah, 2010. 2010, it opened up the uh, the festival. That's the, the Ford. It's Brothers, isn't it? The, 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 yeah, the Ford Brothers, Jonathan yeah, yeah. and Howard. Yeah. Jonathan and Howard and uh, The Dead, which is a, Dead. a very unusual uh, zombie film. Do you want to tell us what yeah. it is that appeals about this to you and what, what, what makes it a great British horror film for you? Uh, well, I mean, not what it makes a great bit horror. Well, it certainly appeals to me. I mean, if 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 this was a thing about my favourite ever horror movies, that Dawn of the Dead, Romero's Dawn of the Dead, would be up there. I mean, it's 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 my horror horror film happy place right. um, that, I, that I can go to. And so I absolutely, you know, adore that movie. And and this movie um, is a real sort of love letter um, to sort of Romero's that Romero's zombie universe. It's very much similar walls. Um, you know, the very shuffling, slow uh, zombies, because uh, everything was getting a little bit hyperactive um, zombie-wise, which 28 days later has a lot to answer for. In, it does, <laughs> doesn't it? One. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. But even though 28 days, not a, 28 days later is obviously not a zombie movie, it did do a lot for the, the zombie genre. Um, but, but yeah, so The Dead kind of goes back to basics for me, and that's that's what that's one thing I really love about it. What's what's particularly I love about it is, is obviously it's, it's, it's obviously – in a very different setting than you normally would see mm. um, and, and beautifully shot f- for that as well. Mm. Um, and, um, and I think, I think just, just the, the sheer balls of the production, um, what they must, you know, what the four brothers went through to, 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 to shoot this, this, this movie and the end result they got is spectacular in my opinion. I mean, it's a very slow movie, but I, I like it. Um, the, the, just the logistics of the shoot and the, the fact that, you know, six weeks became 12. <laughs> is that right? Is that right? Yeah, is that what happened yeah, on the yeah, shoot? They had so many issues. I mean, I mean, the production of this is, is interesting as the, as the movie itself in a sense that, um, you know, they, they, they obviously went over and Rob Freeman, the, the, the guy who plays the, the U.S. Air Force engineer, almost died of malaria. That's, that's the story and, I've heard. Um, that's about all I knew. So, yeah. So. And, and, and they, I mean, I think, I think, um, Jonathan, Jonathan Ford wrote a book. I haven't read the book, uh, called Surviving the Dead about all the trials and tribulations, like, you know, the camera got that, all these sort of, sort of like tribal warlords they kind of had to, mm. I think, n- negotiate with and, and and sort of pay off or whatever to 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 to, to film in certain places where they were filming is mm. is you know and, and i guess kind of logistics of you know do all the special effects are done in camera which is really kind of interesting mm. uh, um and, and and you know and the fact that the, obviously the two brothers were pretty much in terms of working on it, the sort of sole team. So, you know, they were, they were camera operators as well, cinematographers, um, you know, it's a real kind of, 
amazing um you know production work from them that, that, that gives this movie some power i think i mean story-wise like you say it sort of returns us to some of the basic rules of zombie movies which romero established the the sort of slow ambling but 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 voluminous yeah. dead they're yeah, voluminous i mean they come out of, i love what i love about this is the same as romero's movies as they just sort of like come out of nowhere and there's so many of of them and it's just like yeah i i, I kind of that, that it, they're more about the zombies as a, as a as a kind of i don't know creeping force um you know rather than just like running at you to tear you apart it's just that they're, 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 eventually you're just going to get overwhelmed by the number of them i don't know about you but one thing i've learned from zombie movies is um you, you but you're better off being the shark that has to keep moving than finding the place that you thought where hope was it's like you're, you're, oh, better, yeah. you're better fueled by hope than reaching your destination where hope's meant to be. That's what I've learned from zombie movies, and this one's a great yeah. example of that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, he, he's 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 trying to get to the. I mean, they team up together. The guy's trying to find his son, um, and he's obviously trying to trying to get to 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 the, the base so he can he can call. And, and obviously, when when they get there, it's it's obviously, you know, uh, as as with most stuff, it's it's not their sort of sanctuary. They thought it was, and there's a great there's a great ending where he's with the the guy's son, um, uh, finally reunited. He's given him his his, his necklace or whatever it is, um, and then they sort of like the the horde is advancing, and they just sort of like stand together, silhouetted against this sort of oncoming horde. Mm. Um, that's a great sort of, and sort of nihilistic ending to a zombie movie. I think there's echoes of um, what do you call it, Fulci's um, flesh eaters, isn't there? The you know the, the the idea the rest of the world was 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 actually over as well, so to speak. It's... Yeah, yeah, you get a lot of that, and obviously, yeah, he, he finds out in the end when he gets there that um, you know America's fallen, mm. um, and his family's probably dead as well. Um, and then obviously you see um, in the sequel, which I love just as much, the dead too, um, is is that it's spreading. There's Edgar. We have to stop there. There it is. Right then. So your final selection is um, a bit more left field than, than your first four choices, I think, yeah. <laughs> in terms of British horror. And that's yeah. Jonathan Glazer's 2013 Under the Skin. Do you want to talk yeah. about what appeals about that film for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's it basically um, it's a bit of science fiction in there, but a very sort of abstract sort of science fiction um, movie. And it's just, it's just a movie that uh, freaked me out a little bit when I watched it. Um, it was it's so different, um, both in the way that it's kind of shot, and 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 I'll come to the score in a bit because that that plays a, a great part of of, of the movie. Mm. Um, and um, you know, I didn't just I didn't choose it because I because I, I fancy Scarlett Johansson, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, I think after... I think it's a film that, that sort of defi- sort of. Is is in spite of her being this uh, yes. A-list celebrity, isn't it? It's yeah, got nothing to I mean, do you, with it. Even if you did like it, you'd certainly wouldn't want to go with her <laughs> anywhere now after watching after watching this movie. You'd be a little bit wary uh, of spending getting into a van with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again, it's 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 kind of it just has this really sort of off kilter, um, sort of slightly surreal, slightly kind of. Um, it's very documentary. I mean, the way they shot this again is very interesting. And the fact that it, it was a, a lot of the scenes where she's driving around was, um, you know, shot very much improvisational. And those are some of those are, are real guys that she's talking to in and around Glasgow. Um, 
so and they didn't really know that you know yeah i mean the the use of technology which obviously makes the camera less intrusive yeah means that we we the audience watching under the skin feel like we're the eyes of scott johansson which is the eyes of an alien looking at the world yeah, obviously, yeah, and one, I think one of the first shots is obviously her eye. That you know, she's you can hear her learning to talk, sort of English, um, so preparing herself for, for for the thing, and then and then obviously you, you see the shot of her eye that's you know that she she she, that she puts in or whatever. Um, yeah, so very much you're learning, and it's very much about her learning. She's come here to do to do this this job, which is obviously they're they're, they're getting people for 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 food or whatever. Um, but obviously she starts to experience humanity, and the good and the bad of humanity mm, as well. Mm. Um, and and, um, and so yeah, you definitely see that through through her eyes that she you know she starts to change her mind about what she's what she's doing. Uh, um, you know, but it all—it's all a bit too late by that point. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. I mean, it's, it's sort of—it's—it's the—it's the other side of what I guess Philip K. Dick does with uh, with Blade Runner, which is when mm. when artificial intelligence be- gets empathy, it, it yeah. becomes confusing. It doesn't know what it is to feel because it's feeling, but it's feeling. Whereas in in Under the Skin, it is it is when an alien becomes empathetic towards us, can it do what it's come to? Can it do what it's set out to do? Yeah, yeah, and there's a. The, you, I mean, she, she. That's very much it. And she's. You see that scene where she's checked mm. by the the obviously these motorcycle guys who obviously are the cleanup crew or whatever, um, and and she's checked out to make sure that she hasn't been affected because uh, she. I mean, she's quite cold. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that's quite cold. The beach scene particularly is is obviously you know. It's one of the most uh, harrowing moments of yeah. horror, and it's such a it simple, is. such a simple thing to do, isn't it? What 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 he sets up there. Yeah, I mean, she, 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 obviously, you know, you, it, it's harrowing by what happens in terms of the, so the couple that's drowning and, and this poor streamer. And then, you know, she just clouts him with a rock and drags him off and the baby's left on the beach. And That is, uh, that is one moment, that, isn't it? So so, yeah, what, it, so what is it about Michalevi's score then for you? That, it's uh... just, it unsettles you, doesn't it? It just really kind of, it, it, I mean, it was her first score. I mean, she was in some electronic pop bands or something before but this is for first one it's just those strings um that kind of just keep you it's like a you know the the bernard herman score for for psycho keeps you on the on on the edge yeah a little bit all the the way all the way through and it's it's you know i think it it won great sort of um pawned it's for for sound design and 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 all that kind of stuff at the time it was you know there hadn't been quite a soundtrack quite like it so i just, yeah it just really adds to the movie for me and just something you always you always like something's not quite right but but, <laughs> but that's but, it, but it's great i mean it's, it's interesting alien. it's interesting yeah. that, that a horror score can be reinventing what a score can do i.e it begins to do because the film's odd in a sense and the way the yeah. score the score sort of pokes you like a like um like electro prod prod in a cattle. You're yes. forever just being reminded this isn't comfortable. You're no yeah. you're never allowed to settle and the music helps that helps the film achieve that. Oh it? yeah, it, it tells you I mean that's why you have music in films obviously is it yeah. helps enhance the emotion. But this one does it particularly well it creates that atmosphere. There's uh, there's Edgar pretty yeah. much to a close on not that quite the same not quite the same music but they <laughs> I can I can cue a lot of things up, but I'm not that fast with my fingers. <laughs> yeah. um, so so what? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think what, what whether whether did you think talking those through there was an emerging theme for you? 
of of what you you sort of are highlighting about British horror? Yeah, I think I like, as I said, as when we were talking about 20 days, I like a kind of nihilistic, Mm. apocalyptic kind of kind of situation or something that's just very bleak. I think I don't know what that says about me. I'm quite a happy person, really. Well, you do do Uh, program the horror channel and horror is the best genre for um, for having an ending that resolves itself to the tragic or the nihilistic, as you say. Uh, I think that's what attracts me to it, obviously, yeah, is I I like that kind of stuff. I mean, I even, I say when we come back to 28 Days Later, I actually would kind of prefer to have the alternative ending um, where where Jim doesn't make it. Wow. (laughs) That's on the DVD, and you ever see that? And obviously, it's got a happy ending, and, you know, they get rescued or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there, there was a, it boiled to, um, toyed with an idea where where obviously he's been he he's been shot I think and and um, he gives up um, he just gives up um, you see him riding his courier bike in his in his sort of coma fancy whatever and he he just he just gives up completely and I you know I would be that I'm one of those people who said yeah I like that I like that alternative <laughs> Now, now, what have you, what have you got? What's Horror Channel got in store? Now, this will go out during, you know, end, end of November, early December. So, what, what's, what's Horror Channel got in store for 2018 that you've, that well, you've already, you've already yeah, we're working on that now. Um, yeah. So, hopefully, people will find it a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, we've got some, we've got some cool movies uh, coming up just in December. First of all, uh, I think our Christmas horror this year will be the the 2006 version of Black Christmas. We've shown the original before, but this is the 2006 remake. So, we've got a bit of, bit of. Um, Christmas theme we've got the UK TV premiere of The Evil in Us which I quite like if, if no one's ever seen that one okay. uh, and then sort of going into next year early part of next year we're going to be doing a nice um, retrospective um, of uh, Wes Craven Oh, cool. uh, the late great Wes Craven, yeah. So we've got some Wes Craven season in, on Saturdays in January. So we got we have the sort of Wes Craven movies that you don't often see on television these days. So we've got um, uh, Serpent at the Rainbow. Okay. Um, we've got Shocker. Remember Shocker? I do. Yes, he's yes. His attempt at doing another kind of Freddy. Um, um, and then uh, we've got um, People Under the Stairs, which is fantastic. It's fantastic. And we sort of finish with um sort of one of his last movies which was um my soul to take which is kind of supernatural assassin so we sort of bring it right up to to something kind of um that maybe people haven't seen yeah um of his his later work as well so that's a nice sort of retrospective where's Craven sort of paying paying homage to that great man um and then uh sort of going on from there we've got uh I've just done season of the wolf which would be a nice werewolf season for February with um the original howling which is great finally got the original howling which I've been after for a while and then some other great sort of more contemporary uh werewolf movies like late phases uh, I don't know if you saw that from Fright Fest. I did, yes, very much. I wrote, I wrote an essay recently about, about the Howling for um, for a Norwegian publication. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we, we think that in Britain we had uh, we had it hard with um, with censorship, um, but if you look at the banned list of films that, that that Norway had to contend with and still does to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's compiling a book. Uh, about a friend of mine, Stan, is is compiling a book about it. So I, I covered the Howling and um, the Exterminator. But yeah, it was interesting. Oh, going, right. It was interesting going back over over the Howling because it's a because obviously it was it was sort of like head to head, wasn't it? Really, I suppose in, mm-hmm. in special effects terms between it and American Wolf in London. Yeah, 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 and everyone sort of like. You know, obviously, turns to, to to American Wolf in London as this great transformation, but the Howling's pretty got some great stuff in it. 
yeah, as but, well. And obviously that that great end end thing with um, D Wallace in in the in in the um, news studio, which everyone remembers. Um, so yeah, so that's great. So yeah, we've got that. We've got late phases. We've got um, Wolf Cop for some fun. Yeah, that's um, a cracker that as well. It's great. That answers the question of what happens to to your genitals when you turn into a werewolf. <laughs> First movie to do that. It's, it's been a question that's been haunting me forever. Oh, it does. yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. Um, and then um, we got Paul Hyatt's How, I think the UK TV premiere of that to round that off. So that's quite nice. The werewolves on a on a train um, feature, which I quite I quite enjoyed. Excellent. No, we had um, we had Paul on the podcast discussing the making of How. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, look, Stuart, thank you very much for your time to tell us your yeah, you. uh, five great British horrors. Yes, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been uh, great. No, thank you. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you.